0: Got milk business we've been on this thing for about three weeks or four weeks or who knows first peter chapter number two verse two in the niv bible it says something like this as newborn babes desire we we found this out several weeks ago it means desire doesn't mean like desire it means demand demand it demand pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby go to the niv please so like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. So if you haven't been here, when I talk about this, somebody said, well, how can you grow up in your salvation? Salvation is not soteria like I'm going to go to heaven. Salvation is so-so, mind, soul, and body. You can only be saved once. But I'll tell you what, you know, you can quit living like hell from that time forward. Mm -hmm. You can quit talking trash and quit acting like smack. You can do that. And the way you do that is through the Word of God. That's the only way. So he said, as newborn babies, and I mean when they're just unwrapped from their mother, they said this, you know, we'll take pictures later, I'll take photographs later, I'll sign autographs. I just want what my mama has at the moment. Thank you. I demand milk. I demand it. And we've said this before. I go on. You should demand it of me. You should say, I don't care if you hit every note on piano wrong, which I probably do, but I demand you to give me the pure, sincere milk of the Word because I need to grow. And as I told you last week, some of you was not here, but the benefits of coming to church is in three stages. Number one, just show up. Number two, listen up. And number three, grow up. That's why we come to church. Somebody said, well, I don't have to come to church. Yes, you do. And I understand that kids have some type of an education before they even go to the first grade. They know how to say all kinds of things, things they shouldn't even be saying. And I know you can get some type of education at home and and reading books and locking yourself in a closet and you'll hear all kinds of things. And I know, I know, but I'll tell you, he's telling you that the church benefits is this. Just show up, listen up, and you'll grow up. Grow up in your salvation. So I'm not going to rehash a lot of this stuff, but you already know this. But this morning, we're going to talk about, we talked about last week about Acts chapter 2 and verse 41 and 42 about the apostles' doctrine. And I went into a long period of time about this apostles' Doctrine. And the word apostles' doctrine is, is called it is letting the scriptures speak for themselves. This is known, this is known as the platform of faith. These four four legs on a stool, this is probably one of the best scriptures that you ever need to learn by heart, this represents the platform of, of an estate an established Christian life, is they were addicted, prosc, where we get a word for addicted to opium, they were addicted to the apostles' doctrines, fellowship, prayers, and breaking of bread. We found out the apostles' doctrine last week was, it means actual and factual accounts of the words of Jesus. Now, if you didn't know this, but in Acts chapter 1, 22, there were two requirements to be an apostle. You could not just show up and say, hey, I'm Beryl. I think I'll be an apostle. That did not happen. You had to be an eyewitness of his baptism, and you had to be an eyewitness of his resurrection. So don't get this, I just showed up and I volunteered. That doesn't work that way. It didn't work here. Because what happens is, not today, but maybe in a year or two, maybe, I'm going to tell you, because it took actual eyewitness. Of his baptism, the heavens opened and the dove came down and they heard God say, this is my son and I'm well pleased. And number two, they actually saw him risen from the dead because it was going to take those two facts to convince these people no matter what lies ahead of them, they could not defy who he was. And probably next week, we're going to get into a few characters on the Fox's Book of Martyrs and how those guys ended up. And it was not good. And the reason why they did not abandon the faith is because, number one, they saw him at baptism and they saw him at resurrection and they could not deny him being the Son of God. So we don't have that luxury today of being actual eyewitnesses, but we have the Holy Spirit living with us and the Holy Spirit saw it actually. And because now the Spirit lives within us, the Holy Spirit says it's true and it's valid. So that's how we know. So how do you know? Because the Holy Spirit knows, and he lives within us. So these are actual and factual words that were spoken by Christ. Expository scriptures, we found out last week, means just letting the scriptures speak for themselves. Apostles' doctrine is this. We found this last week. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, all he said was what the scriptures had already said. We went through this last week. One of the greatest things we can do as men and women of God is is just say what the Scriptures has already said. I am an apostle. You know why? Because I just say what the Scriptures already said. I don't have a latest book. I don't have an album signing. I have none of that. I'm just here to tell you this is what the scriptures says. You can argue about it. You can hold your breath. You can kick. You can talk about it different doctrinal beliefs that Jesus raised up, and that's all fine and true. But I will tell you, expository scripture means I'm only going to say what the scripture says because we learned last week Peter did this because he is connecting Old Testament scriptures to the New Testament believers. Truth be God's truth. And so that's, that's, it's very simple this morning. We talked about this. So here we go. This is the scene what's going on. After the, after the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, I've lost the microphone somewhere. It's hanging. Mm -hmm. Seven weeks. There have been seven weeks of turmoil. I have it somewhere. There are seven weeks of turmoil. Persecution and pressure, not only from the Jews, but from the Roman Empire. As a matter of fact, Jesus, the cross was really just a billboard. That's all it really was. It was just a billboard. There were many people, multiple people that was crucified, but the billboard was this. If you identify yourself with this Christ, this is what will happen to you. And so for seven weeks now, these mighty and powerful apostles, they're hiding in the basement of John Mark's house. They're hiding out. Don't give me this, oh, they were having a prayer group. They were not. They were hiding out behind. The Bible says locked doors. Theron means bolted doors in the Greek. Don't go to sleep on me yet. I mean everything was going good. Till something happened. And they started folding up like a bad lawn chair. So 49 days has happened. These people were confused. They were dazed. Their dreams did not come true. They they but but they had this opportunity, Jesus for, for 40 days with infallible proofs, walked among them. And so what happens is now then on the 50th day is where Pentecost is the word 50th means Pentecost. This is where the outpouring of the Holy Spirit comes. And so what's so important about Acts chapter 2 is this is that the Holy Spirit knew that these individuals would need something to help establish their Christian faith, moving from just surviving to thriving. See, God hasn't changed. He knows where you are. He knows what you've been through. And he understands the problems that you're going through. And he just does not want you to survive things. He wants you to thrive through these things. So how do you do it? It's very simple. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42. Devote yourself to apostles' doctrine, fellowship, prayers, and breaking bread. That's how you do it. So you did the first part. You showed up. Turn to somebody and say, I showed up at least. Yeah. Three in a row. <laughs> three in a row. Robert Albriski is three in a row. Yes. So, so let me, I went to about an hour last week. Sorry about that, about a, apostles' doctrine. So let me tell you about doctrine. Okay. I'm going to disarm a whole lot of you about doctrine. Someone said that I'm not into doctrine, I'm into Jesus. That sounds really spiritual, don't it? They had no idea what they just said. Doctrine by definition. I'm going to give you just a moment to break out an ink pen But doctrine by definition is a Greek word called didache. Didache means to teach, to inform, to instruct on the basic principles of the laws of nature. That's what it means. So when you see the word doctrine, the reason why I'm I'm, I'm taking my time on this is because when you hear the word apostles' doctrine, you get this idea that they're preaching something. You've got I'm going to stop you right there. They're not just preaching something. The apostles' doctrine is, is that they're just repeating what David and Isaiah and and all the prophets of old had already said concerning the Messiah Christ, Acts chapter 2. And the instruction part or the doctrine part was that it was to make them aware of the things that was already said in the Old Testament, and they already knew it. See, there's a great difference between information and confirmation. Some things you'll hear me say, and it's information, and you're going, oh, I don't know about that. And then you go home and think about it. You kick the furniture and and you can't sleep at night until finally the Holy Spirit says, well, you just get over it. The boy's right. Just learn to like it. And confirmation is somehow you've already known it and the information now confirms your information. And I find that to be true a lot of here. There's a lot of things that I say that you, you, you already know. You already know. You already know that OSU cannot be OU football. You already know things like that. So didache means to teach, to inform, or to instruct just basic principles of law. So watch this. So here we go with this. Number one is, is that when you teach, we're going to deal with toddlers. That humans cannot breathe underwater like fish. Now, now I've got other things to do, so don't, don't, don't be goofing off on me. Okay? Hopefully, you would teach a toddler We cannot breathe underwater like a fish, because if you don't, you know how them Bradley kids are. I mean, they're they're just—they're going to try it. Number two, that—that you can't fly in the air like a bird. Now you're—you're just—you're—you're. This is this is way to your primary, and I understand that. But but there's nothing here that I'm saying that is not true. Would you agree to that? These are the laws of nature. That we cannot breathe underwater like a fish can, so don't be swimming and think you can. Number two, you cannot jump off the garage and fly like a bird. You can't do it. I don't care what Steve Miller's band says, you can't do it. And some of you go, Who in the world is Steve Miller? Human flesh is no match for fire. Human flesh is no match for fire. These are dedocate. These are laws of nature. These are laws of nature. This is something that's not complicated. This is something that we teach laws of nature. And the last one, and there's a gene of it, the last one basically is the plants that were edible and plants that were poisonous. Now, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to regret this. Does anybody go out in the wild in a, in a rainy forest somewhere where it's gloomy and doomy and, and pick mushrooms and take them home and eat them? Anybody do that? Have done that? Why? I mean, anyway, you got to make sure they are morels. Yeah, well, you didn't for the first 25 years of your life, and look what happened. Well, here's a mushroom. Let's try that. And then he tried to fly, and he tried to hold his breath underwater. The idea was that it took some form of education. It was laws of nature. You can eat these plants, but you can't eat those. Fish swim underwater, but you can't. Birds fly in the air, but you can't. Your flesh is no match for fire. Didache is a simple word of a principle to teach laws of nature to young ones. Doctrine is no different in the spiritual realm. Doctrine are laws of of the principles of God that need to be instructed to you to make sure to teach, to instruct, and 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 to dissect to help you go further in your walk with God. <clears throat> Anywhere from faith healers to movers and shakers and lengthen their dress and higher the bun and stripping the make off all, all that stuff is all what we refer to as additions or traditions of men. Right. Okay? Now the problem I have here in this church a lot of times is that we have a lot of people come in here with a lot of different... And, and, and I kind of go back to basic didache, instructions. Doctrine. Doctrine. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for doctrine, we would not fully come to know who God or Jesus Christ is through the plan of redemption. Now let that sink in just for a moment. I'm not talking about a, a Southern Baptist doctrine. I'm not talking about an Assembly of God doctrine. I'm not talking about a Methodist doctrine. I mean, that's, that's their rules and ordinances, and that's their bylaws and all that stuff. I'm talking about the, the, the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And that other stuff is just shifting sand. It's traditions. It, it'll, it'll, it'll move. It'll be separated. But Jesus said, I am the Petra, I'm an immovable foundation upon me. I will build my church. And the gates and the strategies and the opposition of hell will not prevail. did not mean it didn't come against you. It just won't prevail. So if it wasn't for doctrine, ladies and gentlemen, that we really wouldn't understand fully the knowledge of God and who he is because the, because the Bible in entirety is doctrine. And here's the doctrine from Genesis all the way to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, it says this, "And everything that it was written, it was written concerning me, Jesus said. The scarlet thread that ties all the books together and all the prophets together and all the prophecies together, every one of them, Jesus is the scarlet thread. So doctrine is this. doctrine was giving. For our benefit, that all the way back into the tabernacle and all the way back into creation, everything back to Adam and Eve from the bride coming out of his side and at Calvary we came out of his side. Everything it is types and shadows of Jesus Christ coming to earth, living in earth, and being resurrected and living in godly and heavenly places throughout eternity. Everything is a, that's the doctrine of Jesus. Now, the, the reason why that I don't get along with other people, I do get along with them, but I just want to talk about Jesus, and they want to talk about other things. They want to talk about water baptism, and they want to talk about this, and I don't want to talk. I want to talk about the fullness of God with Jesus and the fullness of God. So this doctrine, it, it means basic principles of the laws of God that will help you as you grow and develop. Got it? Okay. So it's just that simple. So what happens is we have got to treat the Bible kind of like a, well, the, the definitions for, for doctrine is, we're going to say instructions. It's instructions. That's what it means. Doctrine is instructions. Okay. So you've got to, as you grow up and as you continue to grow up, you show up, listen up, and grow up, you've got to treat doctrine like you, you're trying to put together a new gadget you just got in the mail from Amazon. You've seen it advertised, it looks great, it works great, and they're all smiling. But the problem is, it didn't come assembled. See? Now, I don't know about you, but I, I really hate to put things together. I do. There, there's probably people here. Anybody here like to put things together? Figures. <laughs> you, have got to, you have got to treat the Bible... Like you do getting a new gadget in the mail. On the box, this is what it says Read manual first. Now, when I see that word read manual first, that word read to me means throw away. Amen. First thing. First thing. So I go in there and, and I see this little piece of paper in a plastic bag and it says do not discard. And the first thing I do is I just throw it away. And then four hours later, bloody knuckles and throwing screwdrivers and hammers in my sheetrock wall, it's still not together. And nobody's losing weight on this thing, and nobody's smiling. (laughs) Read the manual first. Can we say that together? Read the manual first. Isn't it funny that Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, They shall call his name Emmanuel. Jesus said, I'm the manual. Read me first. You would really, you would really behoove yourself. I mean, I, I like you. I like most of you. But I'm telling you, I know you're trying, and you're trying to work this thing out, and you're trying to get it right, and you're trying to be better, and you're trying to part your hair on the other side, and you're trying to play the guitar better, and you're just trying to be more punctual. And I'm, I'm with you, but I'm going to tell you, The problem is you have thrown away the manual. If you'll just read the manual first, the doctrine of the deity, of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll go further along. Forget about how to build a bigger church. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and 4, where there's no oxen in the stall, the stall is clean. The more oxen you have in the stall, it gets deeper. All right? Well, what happens is, is that the manuals here is not what we talked about last week about theology. We talked about meology. We talked about biology. And then we talked about neology, how to surrender to God. But the thing about it is, I'm the manual. If we would just start at the manual, and don't be embarrassed to say this listen, I read something here. I'm just not for sure if he's talking to me or, or if he's talking to Joe Gene on the back. I'd like to know. Don't be embarrassed to say that. You think think education is expensive. You all try ignorance. Very expensive. So just read the manual first. If you don't understand what it's reading and what it says, then come find me. We'll talk about it. And I'll listen to you, and then I'll say, basically, you're wrong, and then we'll go from there. (laughs) No, I won't. Read the manual first. In 2018 that they did, a, they did a poll, about 2,500 people in California, and they said that eight out of every ten homes and hotels has Bibles. 2018, eight out of ten homes and hotels have Bibles, but the problem is just getting them to read it. Anybody here besides me like Bible trivia? It's not a joke. You like Bible trivia? How many know that I would never joke you, huh? So let's play a little Bible trivia, shall we? Instead of playing the boys against the girls, because I know the girls will win. So here's one. Here's one. There's three of them. Bible trivia. Anybody know a little Bible trivia? All right. Number one, who was the smartest man in the Bible? Solomon. Have, you, have you read the Bible? It wasn't Solomon. Who was it? It was Abraham. Abraham knew a lot. What what part of that is not right? Number two. Who is the straightest man in the Bible? Come on, all you Bible trivia people, now you're gunshot. Understand that. Well is Joseph. Pharaoh made him a ruler. How does somebody say, I guarantee you, you've been throwing the manual away? I know. The last one, why did Moses wander in the desert for 40 years? Because even back then, no man will stop and ask for directions. (laughs) Charles Spurgeon said this, If everyone on the planet would locate and open their Bibles all at the exact same time, there'd be the biggest dust storm in history. the same survey in 2018 that was surveyed, one-third surveyed did not know who gave the Sermon on the Mount. And half of that one-third thought it was Billy Graham. But the most quoted verse that everybody knew of that polling was this one, that God helps those that help themselves. <laughs> and God never said that. Ben Franklin said it. Now, we're, we're leaving here in a minute, but, you know, we laugh about this, but don't, don't you see where I'm at? I'm saddened by this. I'm saddened. I'm saddened that maybe somebody didn't take the time to give someone doctrinal instructions that the Sermon on the Mountain was given by our Savior Jesus. The B attitudes. And if we're not careful, as we talked about the sincere miracle of the Word, and we're going to finish next week, the word kapalos, he said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 12, "I I have never corrupted the Word of God. I've never mixed as a bartender, mixing water with the shots behind your back. I've never diluted it. I've never polluted it. I've given you straight milk. It's not fat-free. It's not 2%. It's not 1%. It's the real thing. Because God said, I'm trying to get you fat. And we as Christians, we want skin milk because we're trying to become skinny spiritually. Because we want to look good. And we come to church and we read our Bibles and we want that 1% and that 2% that we can still be attracted to the world. And my job is I'm trying to get your belly sticking out so fat and so big and so full of the things of God that men will look at you and they'll say something like, I don't know what's going on with you, but there's something different. And it's the Word of God. Churches will fail you. People will disappoint you. Building programs will frustrate you. The grass withers and the flower will fade, but the Word of God will endure forever. 2 Peter chapter 3. So my dear friends, since this is what you've looked forward to, do your very best to be found living at your best, in purity and in peace. Interpret our master's patience restrained for what is, for what it is, its salvation. Our good brother Paul, which is the Apostle Paul, who was given much wisdom in these matters, refers to this in all of his letters and has written to you essentially the same thing. Some things Paul writes are difficult to understand let's stop there for a moment aren't you glad that we're not the only ones that Paul was speaking above our head here is a guy that walked with Christ heard with Christ went to the Mount Transfiguration saw Elijah and Moses saw everything saw his resurrection and he's still having trouble understanding what the Apostle Paul's saying. He said he's saying the same thing I am but I'll tell you what he's saying some things that really are difficult to understand but irresponsible people who do not know what they're talking about twist every which way, and they do it to the rest of the scriptures too, destroying themselves as they do it. But you, friends, are well warned. It means informed. Be on guard lest you lose your footing and get swept off your feet by these lawless and loose talking teachers. Grow in grace and the understanding of our Master and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to the Master, now and forever. Amen. The Apostle Peter is telling you, as he, as he closes out these, this chapter, he's telling you, there's some things that the Apostle Paul is talking about, the salvation of God and the, and, and the patience of God and the kindness of God, and I don't understand it, why God takes those people and lets those people live. I don't understand it either the mercies of God and the benefits of God and he's speaking to the Jewish language and, but Peter said know this one thing that there are people that are among us that are taking the scriptures and they're perverting them and they're twisting them to fit their own agenda but he says don't get swept off of your feet by these loose and false teachers watch this what did he say grow up into the knowledge and the understanding he said, grow up, mature in the knowledge of Jesus, our master, our savior. To him be the glory. Amen. So every week that you decide to come, I'm giving you a formula what I'm going to do to you. I'm going to give you doctrine about Jesus Christ, our savior, our redeemer, our soon coming king. And it's going to help you in the long run. And it's going to help you grow and mature and develop. It'll teach you the principles of God. And it'll help you not to get swept off your feet. Don't put your confidence in man. You just put all your confidence in Christ our King. Amen? Apostles' doctrine. Apostles' doctrine is just letting the Scriptures speak for themselves and you're going to find out as you go back through Proverbs and Ecclesiastics and the Song of Solomon, there are life principles that will help you along your way. Make no mistake, don't ever leave Jesus out of any of them. Got it? Absolutely. Father, this morning, thank you for just simple principles of the Word of God. Thank you this morning that that we understand the apostles' doctrine is, is not these men's own interpretations of what they thought of, of what they dreamed up, and their ideas, and little quirky quotes, and silly sayings. It, these men just repeated your written word. They just repeated what you had already said through prophets of old, and it was empowered and activated for the first time By the Holy Spirit. Father, I found out a lot ago that people are really not interested in what i got to say because it's unanointed. But I found out a lot ago when I would just open my mouth and surrender to you and let your words come out. Your words is already anointed. And your word tells us your anointing breaks the yoke. Yokes of oppression, yokes of fear, yokes of guilt, yokes of anger, yokes of the unknown, yokes of the unconcerned. Father, whatever yokes have been shackled to your people this morning, they come in here with chains and yoke. But as the word of God goes forth, and the word of God goes through music and singing, and we talk about the greatness of your Son and the power of His resurrection. Hell begins to tremble, anointing begins to break these yokes, the claws begin to remove from these people's minds, and you begin to set them free again. Help us to be good students of your doctrine. The infancy, the life, the legacy of your son Jesus, Redeemer of all mankind, our soon-coming King, our only hope for America. And that's the platform we're going to stand on in these last days is your son, Jesus. And all the people of God said, amen. amen. Stand with me this morning. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning. Huh? The Lord is worthy today. And I really apologize about that Bible trivia game. You know, I can't help it if you don't know all the right answers. Communion servers, make your way here, please. All I can tell you for three and a half years that we have heard Peter talk. And every time he opened up his mouth for the first three and a half years of what we have information to, things got worse. He said the most dumbest things. Finally, one day, Jesus looked at me and he said, Satan, would you just please shut up? Looking straight at Peter. But on that 50th day, something was different. For the first time that we have any record, Peter opened up his mouth, and he said something like this, men and brethren, as the prophet David prophesied, of the coming Messiah and when he began to repeat about Joel and David and Isaiah something began to happen because this is what I want to say to you you cannot separate the word from the Holy Spirit and once you begin to speak the word of God the Holy Spirit automatically comes equipped with it so just speak the word And you'll watch lives change. That night Jesus sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup. And he said, for 1,500 years you've been celebrating this, this ordinance of the bread. The unleavened bread, which represents the bread of haste. No time for leaven to cause it to rise and they left in a hurry. But Jesus said, now then things are a little bit different. I am the bread of life. I am the New Testament unleavened bread. And as often as you take this bread, it will remind you of me. He lifted up the cup and he said, for 1,500 years you've been celebrating the the lamb's blood that was taken and placed upon the doorpost in the shape of a cross. But Jesus said, I am the lamb that take away the sins of the world. And my Father will take my blood and apply it in the shape of a cross that the death angel will pass over you. And every time that you take of this bread and cup, it will remind you of me. Father, we need to be reminded of your son Jesus this morning. We know what our government's doing we understand the hate and the, and the defilement that is, is angered and as errors that are being bombarded against our hearts by the wicked. But, but we would like to know and remember your son Jesus today. So bless this cup and bless this bread. And for everyone that takes it, it will find life. And it will activate our spirit man once again. By faith in Jesus' name. Amen.